Hey there, listeners. Thanks for stopping by to the podcast today. Please, before you're done listening to this episode, leave us a review. If you're on Spotify, you can review now, and you can also review on Apple Podcasts. But if there's any platforms that I'm forgetting about and you can leave us a review, please do so. If you're happening to watch us on YouTube, and if you don't know, you can watch these podcasts on YouTube now, uh, please like and subscribe to the channel and share the episode as well. So thanks for stopping by, everybody, and enjoy the episode. Stay hungry, stay foolish. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I have a dream we one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Welcome back to the Knowledge is Power podcast. I'm your host, Max Willett, and today we got another great guest on the podcast. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that would be great. Hi, my name's Aaron Gukan. I'm running for Lieutenant Governor, and um, I'm a candidate for for statewide office. So um, November 8th is the um, official voting date, and uh, I'm really grateful to be here. Great. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to come on the podcast and talk for a little bit. Uh, yeah. So if you want to go ahead and uh, just sort of explain your life story and uh, how you got to where you are now, that would be a great starting point. Yeah, well, I grew up in East Greenwich and I'm here right now today. Um, my parents uh, are high school sweethearts. They grew up in Providence, um, Washington Park. My dad grew up on Ohio Avenue and um my father's a union plumber my mom's a respiratory therapist they went to hope high school and um you know they just kind of instilled um you know getting up and 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 going for hard work you know it's it's just kind of uh american dream type stuff and um i have an older brother who's been successful in his own right uh he played football at colgate he's down in north carolina um I went through the public schools in East Greenwich. Um, I'm on the wall of honor, uh, played basketball, football. Uh, I was in the band. I was the band president. Uh, Very so cool. I have uh, sort of an interesting background with that. I played the trumpet um, and all brass instruments. And then I went to Connecticut College. I played basketball there. I majored in music. I got certified to teach. I minored in government. And uh, I also learned German at the, the language school at Deutsche Schule in uh, Middlebury University in Vermont on the summers. So I did a couple summers there. And then I went on to the Eastman School of Music, um, which is you know, the, one of the most um, well-known conservatories in the world. Uh, I was one of 10 that was selected to sing opera on a bass. Um, I went on to tour for a while down south in North Carolina and Italy, and I came back uh, in my 20s because I had to get Achilles surgery due to basketball. I then taught in North Kingstown um, as a public music teacher, and during that summer, I started driving Don Kachiri and his wife, Suzanne Kachiri, um, who ultimately became obviously the governor and first lady. And I was their special assistant for um, two terms. 
after that, I, I did a little spot at family court. I was special projects coordinator. And then I went on to banking. Um, so I rose to being a vice president of bank, got an MBA at night at Johnson Wales University. So I have two master's degrees. Um, and then after that, I was a vice president at Bank Newport. And I applied for a job over at the Rhode Island Foundation for fundraising. So Rhode Island Foundation is one of the oldest and largest community foundations in the country. Founded in 1916, and it has a billion dollars in assets, all for charitable purposes. I was one of the development team members or fundraising. And last year I raised $20 million um, with very complicated estates and, and uh, you know, wire transfers and what have you. So it's really proud of my work. We did a lot of good and I left because it's an apolitical organization and decided to run for Lieutenant governor of the state of Rhode Island. I have three daughters. One is at Johnson of Wales. The other two are at middle school at Cole and my wife's a professor at Johnson of Wales for over 20 years. And she went to LaSalle high school. So she's homegrown as well. Great. Yeah. So you guys are Syracuse, born and bred in Rhode Syracuse Island. Well. Yep. Born and bred. Great. Well, that's pretty awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing all that information. So um, I'd like to get into, I was, you know, reading your, your bio on your website and uh, a lot of cool stuff, like you just mentioned, and I'd be really interested uh, to talk about your college career, because it seems like um, you took a lot of different avenues while you were in college. So if you want to go into a little bit more detail about, you know, wh why you decided to go to University of Connecticut and then on from there. Uh, so I went to Connecticut College. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I have Sorry. Sort of a, yeah, that's all right. In New London, which is across from the Coast Guard Academy. Um, and I, um, it was, it was just a great, great, great college. And, um, you know, I studied music there. I was also, you know, played basketball there. I had a really successful career. I scored over a thousand points and, you know, I hold some records and rebounding and we went to the NCAA tournament and my senior year, we won the, uh, NESCAC and we're 22 and four. So that was great. Uh, also, you know, just loved learning um it's a small school um i don't know what the teacher to faculty ratio is but it's got to be i don't know 10 to 1 12 to 1 whatever it is so small classes um was really able to drill down on my studies and uh, just had a just a wonderful career there did a lot of um singing i was in the chorus i was lead singing i had my own um recitals um over you know i'm an opera singer so you know you sing in four different languages english italian french german um and you know some russian and spanish i guess if i was forced to not forced to but if that was what i had to do um so yeah that was my college career was involved in a lot of different things there at con and and uh, i was just really fortunate to be able to attend a school of that uh level very cool. And what made you want to get into music? Well, uh, I came home and I just told my parents in fourth grade that, you know, I'd like to go to um, take up the trumpet. And I just started playing it. And I had a, you know, I was a good trumpet player. I really took it seriously. I loved it. It was uh, really kind of gave me peace of mind as well. And East Greenwich just has such a great music program uh, the great Vin Matera who's retired was there for years and 
I uh, was in the jazz band, the concert band, the chorus. You know, I, I had I fit a lot of things in in high school um, with with also you know a sports. So um, you know, I'm just blessed. I I just have some talents and um, I use them. And I had the right mentors and teachers that really supported me throughout the whole my whole life. Very cool. It's kind of interesting because I I had Caswell Cook on, and he's very yeah, involved Caswell. with. With the with the um, oh my gosh, down in Westerly, the chorus in Westerly, uh, which is very interesting to meet another person who's running for office who's also very interested in music. <laughs> um, yeah, Caswell's a great guy. We've been friends a long time. Um, I've seen him a few times on the campaign trail, and we're we're similar guys. You know, we've we've done a lot of different things in our lives, and music is is at the core. Um, he's a you know, successful businessman in his own right. And, and he's just a really, really um, helpful with the community. Yeah, great. So um, why don't we start getting into a little bit of the lieutenant governor things and, and sort of why you decided to run. So why don't we start off with that is what sort of inspired you to want to run for a lieutenant governor? Well, um, I have a help center. So one of my, pl- there's two things that usually I convey to the public in regards to this race. Um, one, qualifications matter. Um, the impossible happened, right? Um, Governor Raimondo was elevated to the Biden administration and Dan McKee, the, the former mayor of Cumberland and lieutenant governor, rose to governor and he appointed a lieutenant governor. So, um, you know, it's very important that whoever is lieutenant governor has the qualifications to take on that job. I mean, I know the office um, very well because I was a special assistant for two terms. And, and given my background that I just discussed, um, I can take over if there's a crisis or, as, as I stated, an elevation. Um, second, I have a help center and I really want to help people. Uh, I want to p- help people navigate through the state system. So, you know, small business right now, if you go around, there's so many barriers to entry, there's not a lot of guidance. Um, there's a lot of licenses and fees they get in paper, uh, mail. So I'm suggesting one single sign on one username and password across all departments. Um, because if you're going to take people's taxes and fees, that's one thing, but if you're going to take their time, that's even worse. So constantly, you know, when I go to the market, you know, an older lady will ask me, I'm six, seven, Hey, Aaron, can you help me get the peas off the top shelf? And I use that as an example, right? But I'm always being called and contacted saying, Aaron, can you help me? I was the chairman of the Warwick Sewer Authority. Can you help me with this sewer issue? I got a problem with Department of Business Regulation. Is there someone you know over Department of Health that can help me? So what might take me one phone call might take you six to eight weeks or longer. And that's not okay, right? Mm -hmm. So we really need to streamline the process with a person with the qualifications. We need to cut through the red tape, as they say. Uh, in regards to long-term health care, you know, we got a big, big problem with access to doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners, CNAs. There's just not enough of them right now. Um, and we need to really work and with the, uh, you know, Blue Cross and, and the other carriers um, to try to um, incentivize doctors to be here. Um, you know, we have the lowest reimbursement rate in the country. Um, and it's just 
like my best friend, he's a surgeon. He went to Yale. He went to Vanderbilt. He decided to go to New Hampshire because he said he'd leave 20% of his career earnings um, due to taxes and fees and what have you. So, um, and reimbursements. So, you know, we have a, I wouldn't say a crisis, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. And so we need to really work with the long-term care community, which is under the statute of long-term with the Lieutenant governor and kind of keep working, you know, lastly, emergency management, um, you know, when we were six weeks into it, um, in the governor Kachiri's administration, we had the station fire and, uh, you know, it, it was such a terrible, terrible tragedy for this state. But while I went through it, you know, you learn, you know, what happens in an emergency, you knew, you know, how to work with the adjutant general who's in charge of the national guard, you know, who to call in the colonel's office and the locals. And, and it's all about communication, having meetings beforehand, trainings, and really kind of rolling up your sleeve and digging in and, and um, making sure that when the governor's doing what he or she is doing, that you're there for support. And, um, that's the reason I got into this race and I just feel that I'm the, you know, the best candidate. Great. Um, so can you explain sort of, uh, the responsibilities of the Lieutenant governor, uh, and, and what goes into the position a little bit more in detail? Well, I, you know, I just kind of talked about the three stat, you know, under the statute, it's, um, small business, long-term healthcare, um, I know there's a committee for Alzheimer's, which we'll put under there, and then emergency management. Um, so really, it's it's a ceremonial position, but there's so much that you can do with it. It's a $1.2 million budget. You have seven or eight full-time employees. And I think that rather than having um, <clears throat> policy people um, that are constantly working on policy, will probably not get passed because there's no power there. I would suggest that you get people that are in these different departments that have background, emergency management, long-term health care, small business, and have people calling in to try to help them to use that money in sort of an entrepreneurial way to really support the governor, but also get people the kind of throughput, right? Get them in the system and really work on frequently asked questions and then manage up the data. We have a lot of great legislators. I've got great relationships with the speaker and Senate president. We might differ sometimes politically, but the bottom line is if I spoke to them about, let's just say a certain license or fee or something and say, look, you know, one, this might be, should be eliminated, but two, you know, how can we make this a little easier so they can pay it all at once? Um, You know, there's multiple fees. If you have uh, multiple cash registers, there's just, all these small little details that are just kind of small paper cuts that are crushing our small businesses. It's not necessary. I kind of bubbled this up and then we got some legislation passed. It's a lot easier to pass that type of legislation than let's just say massive, you know, big, big legislation and ideas that they're actually working on and they probably wouldn't want to hear from the Lieutenant governor on it. So that's sort of, you know, there's a lot of different committees that you have to be on. You have to show up. Um, the appointed lieutenant governor right now doesn't have the best history of convening. Um, it's sort of, uh, there's a lot of times where they don't can't get quorums. Um, and there's a lot of missed opportunities. 
and that's not something that, you know, anyone that you talk to throughout Rhode Island that knows me, they know I show up, they know I'm passionate and they know I go the extra, you know, extra mile. And, and that's what I want to do for this state of Rhode Island and the citizens. That's great. I'll tell you uh, from personal experience, I have a small business and the amount of paperwork and time you have to commit to uh, registering your business. And then when it comes to taxes and everything like that on different platforms, having to remember different passwords and, and things like that, it can, it can take up a lot of your precious time. And for every business owner, time is money. And to hear you say that, that's very great and reassuring to know that somebody who is running for office has that in their top priority. Yeah. And I mean, after COVID, um, and we're in a really tough economic time. I mean, our the Dow Jones is just dropping precipitously on uh, the NASDAQ. And, you know, the I remember in 2008 and 9, everyone said, oh, that's a Wall Street problem. And then it becomes a Main Street problem. And then, you know, again, you talked about it, time. It's the fees and, and also if you organized it in just one payment or maybe over quarterly, but if you go into a diner right now and you look at all the licenses that they have on the wall, it's insane and it's antiquated and it's old and it's so unnecessary. You just look up, you know, at, um, let's just say in Massachusetts, like we have, we can just kind of copy what they're doing. And I know that very quickly we would be so much more so successful. Um, you know, small businesses are the lifeblood of Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, it's time that we give them that helping hand. And that's what I want to do as your next lieutenant governor. Why do you think Rhode Island is sort of stuck in this way of old fashioned business and how it's ran? Why do you think that they haven't adapted like other states have? Well, I think one, and I get back to qualifications, I have an MBA. I was a business banker. I was a vice president of a bank. I worked at the Rhode Island Foundation. I was met. I was the head of the professional advisory council at the Rhode Island Foundation, where it's the top estate attorneys, accountants, and financial planners. And we meet quarterly. I would meet with a hundred advisors a year over my five-year tenure. So let's call it five hundred, but usually, you know, add another, probably multiple to it let's just say it's a thousand because of all the events so it's constant like i was with the governor we would do 32 events in a weekend <laughs> uh when you're running you know like these last few weekends you just do a tremendous amount of events and mm -hmm. i guess the point is is that I, I you know people know me i think that you need to take the information from the constituents and make sure that it's top of mind to all the legislators but you also have to give it to them where it makes sense. They're so inundated. They're working hard. And if you're not able to, with your qualifications, um, whether it's legislation, whether it's just pointing out um, these barriers, and then also getting to a solution. I think so often politicians and people will just talk about the problem. And, you know, one of the things you have to do when you're running for office is talk about the problems, but that that's what the help center is all about. It's getting solutions. So if I can use my background and get the support of my team and make sure that, okay, here's a one pager, this is what's happening. 
This is what we suggest. What do you think? Now you're making it a lot easier for a decision maker like the speaker, Joe Shikarchi, to say, yes, I like this. In addition, you know, I will be going around and meeting with business owners, convening, listening to them, getting information from them, and also trying to organize them because you're so busy as a small business owner. But if I can start getting to five to 10 people in one of our, all of our 39 cities and towns, call it for to make it simple. You're talking about, you multiply it by 10, right? Maybe 400 business owners start there. Then they can call their legislators and they can say, look, this is a problem. Put a little pressure on them. And then I can use my, my office to advocate. And then I think that we'll get a lot of legislation to eliminate a lot of these barriers and small issues that are becoming major impediments for progress for our small business community. Great. Uh, so do you, would you say that small business is your top priority as Lieutenant governor, or would you say that there are other issues that, you know, concern you equally? Well, small business is one of them. And it's one of my, you know, it's my background. I think with emergency management, uh, which is also obviously the, the top priority if you're not secure and safe um you know my my opponent is defund police so i'm very much advocating that we need to refund police and have their back um especially when they have to make a decision you know in a moment's notice but emergency management obviously we have the hurricane uh that hit florida you know and my prayers go out to the floridians and and, in addition to the rhode islanders that have a lot of property down there and they might have been down there but, you know, we need to plan. We need to make sure that everyone's organized. And, um, you know, when a crisis occurs, the governor steps in usually and can work in tandem with the lieutenant governor. But the point is, is that you have the background and the experience. You just can't rush experience. You know, we have an appointed lieutenant governor just doesn't have that background. And that doesn't mean, you know, she's got a great personal story. But, you know, she has a very small resume. She was the president of the city council in Providence. And Providence is not doing well. Um, so another part. Hey there, sorry to interrupt. But if you're looking for a great way to grow your business and to market it, this podcast is a perfect spot for it. With plans starting at $20 a month, so it's not a large upfront cost. It's affordable and an easy way to get to promote your business to other local Rhode Islanders or even people all across the country. So if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, this is called a mid-roll and it'll just be like your sponsorship and it'll be around one minute. So if you're interested, please contact us at kip-pod.com for all of our contact information. Thanks guys and enjoy the rest of the episode would be emergency management and then long-term health care like i don't have the background in health care but i do i am able to bring a lot of people together and listen and uh, again because of my contacts throughout the state you get some information and work on one by one right and i've learned if you can solve small problems it becomes a big you know solution and in, in the years to come so something that I've heard about uh, our current governor, Dan McHugh, when he was lieutenant governor, there was uh, a lot of separation between him and Gina Raimondo. There wasn't a lot of communication. Yes. So do you think that the key to being a good lieutenant governor is communication between the governor 
of Rhode Island and a lieutenant governor? And would you plan on communicating a lot with whoever is governor if you get elected? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm supporting uh, Ashley Kalis, uh, who's at the top of the ticket, and Alan Fung, uh, who's running CD2, Congressional District 2, excuse me. Um, I've known Governor McKee for a long time, uh, over 20 years. Met him in Kachiri's office, uh, Governor Kachiri's office and the administration. And um, so, you know, I, I would be, work with either individual to the best of my ability. Obviously, that would be up to the governor. And, um, you know, it, it just all depends on, you know, if they're, if they're willing. Um, you know, Governor McKee will be, I think, 71, maybe 72. I, I know he's in his early 70s. So I would be surprised if he was going to run again. So that would probably um, make him more likely to work with me. I think that this is so much that the governor has to do. He uh, has great relationships with mayors. So I think that he would work with me. And then with Ashley, you know, I've been working with her on the campaign. And she's, you know, mom of three and, and uh, just has a great business background, grew a practice out in Chicago with her husband, who's just a, such a talented plastic surgeon and, and they've done very well. And, and, um, you know, I've, I've recently met her, um, you know, during this campaign and she's just, you know, she's just so talented. So um, I'm, most people will say I'm pretty easy to get along with. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, so I, I would do the best I can to support them, but also, you know, hopefully whatever their boundary is, respect that. But I think it's it's not a good thing if the governor and lieutenant governor uh, don't talk or, or don't, you you know, help each other. Great. Um, and another question I have for you is, you know, sort of we're sort of tying back into your background and, and your life story a little bit. Is there anybody that you look up to, like from a political standpoint? Um, well, in, in regards to nationally, um, you know, Governor Sununu. Um, uh, Governor Baker up in Massachusetts. Uh, they're just, you know, the middle of the road kind of um, old kind of Republicans, right? In New England, those New England Republicans. Um, President Eisenhower and President Reagan are probably people that I've read about. And obviously, Ronald Reagan was um, the president when I was younger, but I really love sort of their down the middle uh, work across the aisle. And, uh, you know, my father's a local 51, President Eisenhower had a great track record with unions. I, that I, have, um, I have a lot of connections with the trade unions and George Nee of the AFL-CIO. Um, in regards to looking up to people now, I mean, Governor Kachiri obviously was a mentor. Um, other mentors that might not be politically is Neil Steinberg, uh, the CEO of the Rhode Island Foundation, just such a talented man did so much for the state. I know he's retiring in May and really took that foundation from, you know, I think it was a half a billion dollars already to a billion dollars in, in 20 years. So he's just, or less than, excuse me, about 13 to 15 years, however long, I think it was 2008. So call it 14. Um, uh, Joe Mackerel, Mackerel, who was a uh, former chairman and CEO of Washington, the Washington Trust Company and Ned Handy, just great mentors over there. Um, you know, I've had a lot of interactions with Joe and he's always been a steady hand. And uh, that mentorship is something I want to bring to the help center. I think that um, having small business owners that are just starting out and connecting them with more seasoned 
uh, business owners that might have done startups in the past and really trying to help that community. I mean, it's startup week, so I'm just going to be going to an events, some events to support that because um, we really need sort of, um, you know, these startups and innovation to really move our, our uh, state forward. Great. Um, yeah. So an issue that I, I had Ashley Kalis on the podcast and uh, she is very much into supporting teachers and focusing on education in the state of Rhode mm-hmm. Island. Is there anything that the Lieutenant governor can do to assist with that, with those issues that are in the state in terms of education and, and teachers? Well, I have background in education. I'm a, I'm a sort of, yeah, I'm a certified public music teacher. I taught two years in North Kingstown. Um, <clears throat> that's what I, I got at a double major uh, at Connecticut college. I got certified, which is a well-known nationally well-known uh, education program. So it's, it's in my wheelhouse. Um, I, I'm, I was on the charter school, Blackstone Academy in Pawtucket for five years. So I have that background. Uh, so, you know, uh, but I was in public schools. I think that they need people again with qualifications. <clears throat> I have an MBA. I, I was a public music teacher. So there's a lot that I can bring to the table um, in regards to helping or supporting uh, the governor if they're open to it because he can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, I'm open to it. It's one of my lanes. I really, in my life, there's probably four or five lanes that I feel really comfortable with um, and that I feel that I'm an ex- well, expert or in that area uh i don't feel i'm an expert in education but i do feel i have a, a good background that i could help um you know try to move this forward and um really you know try to get to the basics of you know uh, math and reading <laughs> and uh it's just it, i think that right now the teachers are uh, special education teachers specifically are inundated with paperwork I think they need like almost like a chief processing officer at each city and town because um, we need teachers to be in the classroom teaching, not necessarily doing all this paperwork. It's almost like they need to be lawyers as well. And I don't think that's fair. So that's one of the things I'd probably advocate or I will advocate, I should say, not probably will advocate as the next lieutenant governor. Um, But I'm going to have my three under statutory. um, What we've talked about the sectors that, you know, I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves when elected. Um, but yes, education is something that uh, we really, especially in Providence, um, they're really, really failing right now. And, um, you know, my opponent was the uh, city council president when all of that was coming out. So, um, you know, if you don't have background in these certain areas, you're not as helpful. That's the way it is. And, and the appointed lieutenant governor just doesn't have much of a resume, um, so that's what I've been highlighting throughout my campaign is qualifications matter and, and my help center. Great. Well, um, I have a question for you. I mean, you, you don't have to comment on this if you don't want to, but uh, about Ashley Kayla. So you have mentioned how, you know, you always say qualifications matter, you know, and mm. Ashley has little no uh, to no political background or has really been around it so what do you think makes her a great gubernatorial candidate in your eyes well she did work for the uh, the governor of illinois Um, okay so she was in his administration um you'd have to talk further about exactly what she did um but i do know that um you know we in rhode island just to be this we're not on the same ticket 
So, uh, you know, I run my campaign, she runs her campaign, we try to support each other. Um, but if you look at her background, um, I don't have her resume in front of me. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, she went to Columbia London, London School of Economics. Um, she took a practice with her husband and, and brought it from just a sort of a startup to a massive organization. She did a lot of work with COVID. Healthcare is really her lane and finance. And whenever I've, I've been in her um, company, which is a lot, uh, we have some really high level conversations about the economy and finance. I know that the blue economy is something that's very important to her. It's important to me. Innovation again. Um, I think right now in regards to energy, I believe that we're not there yet. And I think it's been forced and we're dealing with sort of the blowback, unfortunately. Um, so it's um, in regards to her background in education you have to speak to her about her platform and what she mm -hmm. wants to do but as an overall candidate she's a mom of three um you know she's 40 years old and um you know she's all in for this state i know i'm all in um but if you want to ask her more questions about her background i would just suggest you talk to her campaign or to ashley yeah. specifically directly yeah, no, I was just curious to hear what you had to say. Uh, I had a great conversation with her on the podcast, and um, she was a great guest to have. Um, yeah, I support but, her and, uh, you know, Mayor Funk. Great. Well, I say um, AAA, AAA helps on the way, right? <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, let's let's get out of the ditch, right? Get the tow yeah. truck going. <laughs> Start making T-shirts of that. I think you guys could sell a lot of T-shirts, especially yeah, even, exactly. to, even to some people that wouldn't even know what's going on. You just say, oh, we're we're advocating for a triple A. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Got to talk but, to lawyers, though, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that might that might cause a couple issues. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Uh, we've had a great conversation. And uh, something I ask at the end of every podcast is what sort of advice would you share to my listeners, whether it's business, politics, life advice, whatever you want it to be, what do you want to leave for advice? Well, one of my mottos is get up and grind. And I think we've lost that. I think that especially the younger generation, I'm 46 years old. I think that obviously through COVID and, and um, their access to a lot of these devices, it's, it's sometimes when I was a special assistant to the governor, you know, I was 25. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're taking the garbage out other times and I'm being a little bit extreme, but it's true. And other times you might be the liaison to the, the vice president and, and you're working with the vice president's team to get him in, which I did. Uh, when he came to Rhode Island and Newport, I guess the point is, is that um, you got to get up early. You got to get up and grind. You got to follow directions. Um, something that's I've really had to work on throughout my life. Uh, when I was a young kid, they always said, you know, doesn't follow directions. So I got to really concentrate because um, there was a gentleman named Jim Sansy, who's the head of development at the Rhode Island Foundation. And, and I really just followed his directions and he, and I really trusted him as a leader and he had been there. We're the same age. We have three kids and everything of that nature. But um, I became a, a very good um, employee. And I think it's important that we all have goals. We all want to get there quick. When I was in my 20s, I was a, a, um, really always trying to look at the people that got to, uh, let's say, the top the fastest. 
but there's consequences to that as well. And I think that you really need to just sort of get up, follow directions, do the best you can to the best of your ability. And when that happens, you know, things usually work out. I find that sometimes younger people right now have their own ideas and I, I'm not stifling creativity, but if you're, let's just say, talking to me about, uh, I don't know, politics, I've been in it a long time. So I know more than probably, you know, and that's okay. So if you just, if I can just give you some advice and you can just take that and just follow some directions rather than always saying, I call it the, yeah, but well, you know, why don't we try it this way? Or why don't we do it that way? Or, you know what? Uh, that's not under, under my purview because let me take out, that's not the way life is. Um, obviously you have to have boundaries for everything, but the bottom line is I think that there needs to be that hustle and that, um, and I'm not seeing that as much. Um, and it's important because, uh, if we're not hustling, we're not moving and then we're lazy and then, you know, things don't get done. So that's sort of, you know, in a nutshell, what I always try to convey to people is, um, get up, work hard, uh, and things usually will take care of themselves. Um, but you gotta be motivated and, and you gotta follow some directions. I know I did, but it took me some, some while. And that's why I had great mentors when I always call it guardrails, uh, you know, rather than micromanaging it's, Hey, you know, this isn't working out. You need to get back this way. And, uh, I found that to be successful for me, especially in my management style. When I was a vice president, chairman of the work sewer authority, I don't micromanage, but I do sort of on the top say, all right, you know, you made a mistake here. How can we change it? And how can we do it differently? And, uh, you know, that's sort of uh, what I bring to the table for Lieutenant Governor. Great. You know, and actually, before we end, I actually wanted to ask you just one more question about your time uh, with with Governor uh, Kacheri uh, and sort of yes. how you fell into that that seat, because that's really interesting to hear uh, and sort of how you got into that position. Well, I started volunteering with him uh in the summer it was in between i was a music teacher um someone passed away in north kingstown for six months and then i went um and just you know i was kind of bored i was in my mid-20s and i said i always wanted to get on a campaign and he's a local east greenwich resident i know his family i went to our lady of mercy I sang at his son-in-law and youngest daughter's wedding so i knew them and um and then he asked me to be his driver um, and I did a lot more than driving, you know, I supported him, you know, during the day to day, we did a lot of, uh, coordination and that type of thing. Um, and you know, I would teach from eight to three or whatever it was in North Kingstown. I would then pick him up, drive him from three 30 to 11 at night. Then I would wake up on Saturday, drive him from seven in the morning to 10 at night. And I do that on Saturday and Sunday. And sometimes we do 32 events in the weekend. So again, it's that get up and grind. Right. So I worked really hard. I never thought, I don't think, you know, Don was an outside chance. He wasn't even the endorsed Republican. He won the primary and then he beat Murph York. And it just, I just remember being in his car when president Bush called to congratulate him that night, uh, which was really exciting. And that's when kind of everything kind of changed, but just a tremendous man. I really miss Mrs. Kachiri who I worked with as well. I, I, I worked with the family. I, I just did so many, I had so many different duties and, um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's highs and lows to any administration. Um, and when it was low, I always supported them and just, 
you know, just said, okay, you know, what are we going to do or how can I help? And then when the highs, you know, everyone's there, right? Uh, when, when you win or something successful has passed. So um, it's an up and down job. Um, but I really, I'm really grateful that I have this opportunity. And I think that anyone that runs um, should be commended because this is a really tough process. Yeah, well, uh, I really I just love my eight years there. I learned yeah. so much. I met so many different people. I helped a lot of people. I received a lot of help. And, um, and I just, um, I just have a lot of, uh, you know, just, I'm just grateful. Great. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to talk to me and, and, uh, share your life story and advice for all my listeners. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, last thing is like, you know, empathy, um, and compassion, uh, I think is also important. You know, there's, there's a nice, hopefully if you're in, in management where you're constantly trying to bring that person up to speed and sometimes you've got to be a little hard hitting, but then also you've got to also try to, you know, give that hand up and try to help them and say, you know, this is going to be okay. And we got to keep, we got to keep moving forward. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, Aaron Gukan for Lieutenant Governor on November 8th, please vote for me. Um, you know, Aaron Gukin, uh, Lieutenant Governor, and my website is Gukin, G-U-C-K-I-A-N, 4-F-O-R-L-T-Gov.com. So uh, I just hope you have a great day, and uh, thanks again for this opportunity. No problem. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the podcast, and I will catch you in the next one. Whoa, hey, were you just going to click off this episode? Well, don't. Not quite just yet. I wanted to tell you about the Knowledge is Power Instagram. If you want to follow the podcast other than just through the podcast episodes, follow Knowledge is Power on Instagram. Also, if you're looking for a sponsorship, this is called an end roll. And this will be just like your sponsorship if you decide to market your business through this podcast. It's a great way to reach local people in the state of Rhode Island, or people all across the country as we have listeners nationwide. So if you're interested in getting a sponsorship just like this at the end of an episode, feel free to contact us at kip-pod.com to find all of our contact information. Thanks guys for listening and make sure to listen to the other episodes on Knowledge is Power.